Making it in business isn't about spreadsheets, this or that. It's about guts, tenacity, and above all, street smarts. Join Sarah Shaw as she talks with successful entrepreneurs about all the hard-won lessons they've learned on the mean streets of the business world. If you've ever felt stuck, stifled, or even just scared to get out there and make your mark, you'll learn how even the most successful entrepreneurs overcame failure and found the power to move forward. So forget about learning about business in school, because all you need to make it big is a street smart MBA. And here's your host, Sarah Shaw. Hello, this is Sarah Shaw with another episode of Get a Street Smart MBA. And today I'm here with Chris Ben. Prior to taking his current role of creative director at Bill Blass, was known for his highly successful eponymous line. The Parsons School of Design alum won the coveted Emerging Designer Award from the CFDA in 2004 and has also lent his design talents to iconic brands such as Marc Jacobs Collection and J. Crew. Receiving wide acclaim with the media and consumers for the Bill Blast launch collection that debuted in November of 2005, Chris looks forward to building the label into a leading global fashion brand. So welcome, Chris. I'm so glad to talk to you today. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so let's talk about um, how you even got into fashion in the first place. What, kind of, what led you to go to Parsons and start your own line, and how, how did that come about? Sure. Um, well, I grew up in Seattle, and um, <laughs> it's, I'm just looking out the window here at my office, and it is gray and pouring down rain. So um, in New York today, I'm feeling right at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I grew up in Seattle in the rain, and um, I sort of just didn't fit into that um, weather pattern. So I was very indoorsy, and I liked reading magazines and mm. um, you know, getting catalogs in the mail and everything. And um, I think that's really where my love of fashion kind of started was um, kind of, it was this escape from, um, you know, dreary, rainy weather. And yeah, I would reality. just jump yeah. into, yeah, you know, I would get the new issue of like Harper's Bazaar in the mailbox after school. And it was so fun to spend then, you know, the, like, you know, a few hours just going page by page. And um, it was really exciting. I've always been kind of creative and um, I loved drawing like as a little kid and it was just the thing that came most naturally to me so um, mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of I don't know just fulfilling that uh, sort of the next step and and so so you went to Parsons you left Seattle yep. Oh, right. I got on the plane. Yeah. yeah. Through my parsons. <laughs> yeah. No, so, so, so you left the um, anyway, so, the big city of your dreams, right? Yes. I, um, I kind of knew that I wanted to um, go to fashion school, and I, I had been on a school trip, I think, in um, uh, or like early middle school um, to New York, and just, you know, even though I was here for a few days, it just, you know, you kind of get that bug mm. um, sometimes for um, those of you that have been to New York, you just there's something about the energy, and it kind of never leaves you after you've been here. So, um, in any case, I um, sent away to all of the college, uh, or for all the college catalogs, and Parsons obviously was one of them. And I would like, you know, before I went to bed, like read through every catalog and, um, you know, kind of figure out how what was the best fit and um, Parsons during that time, I don't know if they still do, but accepted a certain number of um, high school seniors as freshmen. So Mm. um, you just had to get approval from your high school and, you know, have a certain number of credits, this and that. And uh, I just, for some reason, knew that that's what I wanted to um, 
kind of go after and um, and I did and I uh, I really only had a couple of credits for senior year anyway but I moved to New York um, and I had just um, it was a little before I turned 17 actually mm, wow um, I did a summer program before um, freshman year so um, it was quite the child in the city for a few months yeah <laughs> Even even if you'd been 18, it still would have been yes, kind of a right. child in the city, too. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so that must have been, did you feel, I mean, was it hard to be kind of the youngest, you know, or among the youngest at, at a school like that? Um, no, I I really felt like, you know, I was done with high school and I was ready for school and I just really wanted to learn everything. Obviously, um, art school, the art school curriculum um, for freshman year is somewhat um generalized. Um, so it was like taking art classes for all of your classes, which um, forever had been my fantasy. Um, <laughs> it was obviously really great um, going to school for the thing that you loved and then also um, just living in downtown Manhattan as a teenager really, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, solidifies kind of your point of view and, you know, everyone's kind of the same age and you're going out and, you know, dressing in kooky clothes and all the things that um, are kind of stereotypical about art school. Um, right. So for me, it was really um, fulfilling. Um, around the time that I started at Parsons, I um, got an internship at this little company called Mark Jacobs, um, mm-hmm. where I worked pretty much the whole time I was um, at Parsons. Obviously, um, was really exciting, uh, an exciting time to see fashion at work, obviously, while... Um, you know, kind of just learning the nuts and bolts in class, which sometimes um, made fashion seem a little bit less than the glamorous idea of what um, exactly. you, know, you expect. Right, uh, right. The, zip, the zippers and the snaps and all that are not that Right, sexy. exactly. And draping and <laughs> We need them. And, uh, right. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah um, and, and so what, what was it um, – so do you, do you obviously working at Marc Jacobs while you were going to school must have been – a real coup for you in the sense that you got all this hands-on experience, you know, yeah, while was, you're learning, you know, I would imagine it really helped you. Yeah, it, it was great. And the company was really small. I um, spent a lot of time, um, you know, in the sample closet and packing things up to send to magazines. And, um, you know, that in and of itself was a huge um, learning experience for me, um, which I really use to this day. It's, you know, um, I, kind of understand that publicity side of fashion Mm -hmm. too, which um, sometimes, you know, in some instances comes really in handy, Um, uh, you know, just in navigating and how to present things in a way that feels exciting and fresh and, um, uh, you know, and just get your brand out there. Right. Well, so when, so when after finishing school, I assume you probably started your own Autonomous line, right? Mm-hmm. Your Chris Benz Well, after line? I graduated, I um, I joined the design team at J. Crew, um, which was just around the time of kind of the renaissance of J. Crew. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really fun. We were using lots of sequins for, you know, things you would wear during the day, and doing all of these like you know unusual colors of cashmere, and it was really um, fun and obviously a fantastic kind of. Uh, somewhat different learning experience or a different side of the industry than um, working in kind of an elevated designer market. Um, right. Somewhat more mass and 
um, it was really about selling things, and that's a whole other, you know, on a, a, a bit of a larger scale. Um, and then after I worked at J.Crew for a few years, yes, I started my own line, um, and uh, and that was obviously fantastic, and was very much a combination of, um, or a culmination, I suppose, of kind of. Um, uh, my experience with Mark and Parsons and, you know, this kind of American sportswear um, and those fundamentals mixed with this casual kind of J. Crew sensibility. Yeah, I mean, you're, I've, I've seen a lot of pictures of your line on, on the Internet, <laughs> obviously, and, and your clothes are so whimsical and fun. And, um, and it looks like there's a picture of Michelle Obama, too. Yeah. Wearing one of your dresses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so how? So how, you know, how did you? How did you feel about? How long did you have your line? Um, just about five years on the dot. Five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how did you feel about? You know, kind of giving that up and transitioning into being the creative director at Bill Blass. Uh huh. I mean, I really wasn't too sentimental about it. Obviously, for anyone. Um, that's run their own business and particularly a small business. It's, it's, you know, hugely competitive. It's really expensive. Um, Mm. and at the end of the day, you spend very little time doing the thing that you, you know, set out to do. Um, oftentimes they're the thing that you love. So, um, uh, it was fine. And I really, um, you know, kind of let the collection run its course and I kind of equate it now to, um, you know, actors who are on a great, television show like the television show doesn't go forever like the right. actors go into other things and their career um is about this scope of work not just you know uh their one role on a certain show so um right. when i think about it in that way it's kind of uh you know quaint and i can keep it boxed up neatly um for <laughs> a time period yeah how, how did um how did the design the you know, whoever owns Bill Blast now, how did they find you? I, uh, well, as you know, fashion's quite small. It's mm-hmm. a quite a small industry, but um, I uh, was approached, I've been here for about two years now, so um, a little over two years ago, just about the opportunity to really take creative control over the brand that um, had been purposefully kept dormant. And, um, you know, they interviewed lots of people to do it, and, um, just based on my experience both running my own company and then also with my past work experience, it, you know, um, it kind of was the perfect fit in a lot of ways um, because we were taking something from um, nearly from scratch um, and building mm-hmm. it back up. Yeah. It's such a cute line. It's so clean Thank and crisp you. and so stylish and it's so opposite to like, you know, like when you think, oh, you used to work at J. Crew. I don't, I don't know exactly what your role was there, but when mm-hmm. you know, when you think of their silhouettes and you know what, how they, the company looks now, looks mm-hmm. like now, and then you look at the Bill Blast line, it's you know, it's so much more whimsical and um, thank you, you know, I than mean, than anything else. Yeah, really, the philosophy with um, or the philosophy that I established for the new kind of era of Bill Blast was <clears throat> and continues to be very much about um, the cherry on top of your outfit. So Mm -hmm. um, we don't really want to make basics or, you know, um, 
we don't want to have to make like a simple skirt <laughs> to wear right. with like yeah. a fun Leave that, right. embroidered Leave that jacket. Like else. we only want to make yeah. the embroidered jacket. So right. um, oftentimes when we style up the collections um, and you see all of the kind of special pieces put together, it does look like quite exuberant and, um, you know, and sometimes kind of funny in a way, but I, I mean, I love that. And that is so much what fashion is about is not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a kind of dicta- dictatorial um, voice like I think it was maybe in the past. Now it's really about inspiring people with a color or a texture. Um, you know, maybe they find one piece that they love from Bill Blass or someone else, but, um, you know, that's, I think, what's moving the industry now is um, mm-hmm. really cool, special pieces, and that's really what um, Bill Blast is about. Yeah, well, it definitely shows. Because um, I, I also love all your whimsical descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, e- even your FAQ has quirky tips like how to make a cocktail. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's so unexpected, I th- you know what I mean, because you're uh-huh. – you know, obviously, I was looking all over your site before mm-hmm. we spoke, and I, you know, and I came across this, and I just had this big, stupid grin on my face as I was mm-hmm. reading it, and I thought, this is so clever. You know, um, you. who who came up with that? Was that? I mean, I really idea? did everything. I, um, you know, we had the logo and office space, so it was mm-hmm. really about. Um, you know, people always talk about or ask me about the archive and, you know, what are we pulling through? Like, it looks so different, but in a lot of ways, it's the same. Um, oh, yeah. It's just about, you know, capturing the thing that uh, that resonated with people in the past with the brand and reinterpreting it for um, today's customers. So, mm-hmm. you know, it has always been about, like, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek and humor and this kind of casual, cool, American personality and um, confidence and all these things. But, you know, all those attributes in the 70s took a very different form than what they take now. Like, Mm -hmm. um, the volume has to be turned up somewhat more than, you know, on all of those things, on the fun and the personality and the color than it did in the past in order to resonate with people. So um, I'm really proud of that kind of lightheartedness that we've been able to um, establish. And it also creates for this great latitude of um, products that we're able to to experiment with. For example, when we launched the collection, we launched with five categories. So ready-to-wear, handbags, small leather goods, shoes, jewelry. I think that's five. Um, (laughs) And part of the... um, part of the strategy with the brand was to really be flexible based on what products the customers told us that they wanted from the brand and um, kind of what's how we've evolved even in the past year is that shoes has always been our number one category. And um, I don't know, I mean, it was a surprise who buys shoes from a brand they don't really know online mm-hmm. when they can't try them on, but um, right. uh, there's like one style, this, uh, Sutton slip-on, which is a little suede, like, um, casual uh, shoe that's, you know, still to this day, like, our number one um, selling uh, shoe, let alone product. So um, we are now developing many more styles in shoes and scaling a little bit back on um, the other categories just because um, at the end of the day, you really, the customer is the one who tells you, um, sure. you know, what they want. And um, it's important to really 
listen to your customer. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny. I mean, I feel like there's been sort of this, I don't know, kinship with Bill Blass my whole life because uh-huh. my, mo- my mom wore his clothes in the 70s. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I remember using it as dress up, you know, in, oh, yeah, when I was right. a kid. And, um, you know, and it was like, you know, get it at Saks or Neiman Marcus or wherever she shopped in New York. And, totally. um, and then I was a costume design major in college. Oh, and so cool. I studied a lot of, you know, Bill Blass, you know, or, you know, different whatever, um, you know, type of costume thing I was doing. But then I went on to work in the film business doing costumes for movies for many years and, oh, nice. you know, did a lot of 70s movies and things, you know, so... I, I've done a lot of research over just in, you know over my lifetime sure. um, on the real Bill Blast, you know, and so it it was really easy for me to see when I looked at your line now, you know, how I could see the influence, okay. you know, of of the of the years gone by. <laughs> totally. Um, I mean, we have a yeah. enor- an enormous archive, so. Um, if, God forbid, we're ever at a loss for <laughs> an idea right. or a detail, um, <laughs> it's shopping. a really accessible place to, um, yeah. you know, kind of jump into. Um, but I yeah. have also always felt like the archive should sort of stay the archive. Like, um, mm. you know, it's always about moving forward and, um, you know, so much about design and fashion in particular is, you know, you kind of have to close your eyes and imagine, like, what are, you know, what feels new, what feels fresh, what shapes and colors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a lot of our job with Bill Blast, just because there is such a big history to, um, you know, to break free of in a way. Sure, of course. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you're, you're keeping an iconic line going. So it's mm-hmm. a big, it's a big job. <laughs> uh, so, so let's talk a little bit about, um, some of the first big successes that you guys had when you launched, uh-huh. when you first got there. Uh huh. So what, you know, what, what did you, I mean, I don't even, you know, what does success mean to you? I mean, it's different things for everybody, right? You know, is it being in a magazine? Is it hitting a dollar amount in sales? Is it, you know, just feeling great about what you did in the morning, you know, when yep. you get up in the morning? I mean, it, um, I mean, to me when, um, you know, with the design process the way it is, it's like quite a long, you know, it feels like fashion moves so quickly, but the actual design process is somewhat um, long. For example, um, our development, even for like the, until the first product hit our website was one entire year. So Mm -hmm. um, for me, success has always um, kind of landed somewhere in the realm of like when people try on the thing or see the, um, you know, shoe or try on the shoe the first time and they just, like, love it and are, like, twirling around in the mirror. Like, that's always kind of the most fulfilling part or at least uh, for me completes the circle and I can kind of mm. move on then from that. <laughs> that's what we've worked <laughs> on for a year. Um, right. And, and the way that the stakeholders in Bill Blass are really thinking about the brand now is in such a long-term way, which... Um, is somewhat of a rarity in fashion and I think mm-hmm. a lot of industries where um, the emphasis is really on turning a profit as soon as possible. Like um, yeah. the vision for Bill Bloss is that um, we will get there and we're um, intentionally moving at a somewhat slower pace, but just because we're learning so much every day and um, like I said, trying to adapt and be flexible and um, 
and have the product mix, mix be somewhat um, amorphous um, mm. according to you know, just what we see in the market and how our customers are responding. So um, for me, that kind of um, economic success for the brand um, may be somewhat um, more far off in the future, but um, there's small hits that are really exciting for all of us. Like, um, like I said, how shoes has been like the pun intended, like runaway hit. Um, yeah. And no one really saw that coming. We always thought like handbags and, you know, <laughs> fun, dresses you know, or something, jackets yeah. and dresses, you know, all yeah. those things that are somewhat more traditional. Um, uh, shoes has really been the number one. So I think that's a tremendous success point. That's great. I mean, it's just, it's so funny, isn't it? I mean, fashion's so fickle, right? Mm. And that you just, you know, you kind of have to throw a lot of spaghetti out there, you know, to see sure. what hits. You know, exactly. I know when I, had my ha- when I had my handbag line years ago, uh-huh. I would be like, oh, this is going to be the biggest hit ever. And then you sell like, you're like, wow, nobody wants it. Right. <laughs> you know, and then the thing that you're like, I don't really love this that much, and everybody's buying it, you're just like, whoa, I don't even know yeah, what to think so anymore. True. It's so yeah. true. Um, um, but I mean, I can, I always know kind of what is going to be, um, you know, within shoes, for example, like the types of or the styles that have really been the ones that um, the buyers and stores have gravitated to are the ones that have, you know, embellishment and are weird color combinations and interesting mixes of um, materials and, you know, those are all the, th- the things that I like, so that's great, mm-hmm. and those are the things that yeah. I kind of add in. Um, begrudgingly, I'll add in, you know, black Napa, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, yeah. just as a fabrication, yeah. but it's not like, you know, people aren't moving the needle with black Napa. It's, um, you know, it's about um, the exciting things, and, and like I said, I mean, who wants to buy, like, a plain old, like, boring shoe or, right. you know, like a sad maybe blue blazer right now. Like people want yeah. like a little sparkle and something to just shake up their closet. Yeah, stand out from the crowd. <laughs> um, do you guys sell the same products? So you guys sell to stores, mm-hmm. I assume. Yep. And, and do you sell to the same products to stores that you sell yep. on your site? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so we actually, we launched the brand uh, direct to consumer, so exclusively through our um, website, uh, BillBoss.com, mm-hmm. and then because we wanted to keep this really tight control over the brand, you know, in its infancy, and then sure. we opened up for wholesale um, for spring, so, um, you know, upcoming. Shoes have been, like, you know, a few places um, we've wholesaled just because they've been doing so great, um, but uh, for spring, that was kind of our first wholesale um, season. And are you guys selling mostly to smaller boutiques or in department stores yeah, or a little mix. both? It's, to- it's totally a mix. Um, and, I mean, the nice thing is the collection's like, big enough that uh, the buyers are kind of able to create their own story, um, you know, by combining different things together. And I always think that's um, a great, um, another great success for a collection where, you know, anyone can come in and find an assortment that works for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, geographically, um, it's different. Um, I love my girls in the South because they love 
<laughs> color and matching their shoes to their handbags and right. that, you know, what is representative of Bill Blass in a store in, um, you know, the southeast is obviously going to look much different than um, a New York, York City. store or a Chicago right. store. So, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I got to love those Atlanta girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what about um, what about mistakes? I mean, we all, we all make mistakes and uh-huh. learn from them, and you know they turn into successes the next time, right? Sure. Um, so, so what are what are some mistakes that you that you guys made in the beginning, or that you've made in the past that have really taught you something? Um, I mean, we haven't really. We've been really cautious and careful with Bill Bloss. I think that's um, been. Um, it's ignored a great deal to, um, you know, the short-term success that we've seen um, with the brand. I always feel like we could have done, like, more PR, bigger events, or, you know, mm-hmm. um, obviously um, part of the strategy was not to rely on fashion shows or um, anything that felt promotional in a traditional way. We um, really wanted to be as non-traditional as possible, and um, and you know, it's actually been refreshing for a lot of the um, editors and, and buyers that have visited the showroom because they don't feel like they have to rush to, you know, some certain venue at a certain time where they're going to, you know, miss out. On miss it, right. Yeah. Um, right. So, uh, so in that way, great, but um, I also, you know, always feel like you could do more PR and more um, – gifting and more eventing and, you right. know, more travel, all those things. But um, all things considered, I, there's really not that much to, um, mm-hmm. you know, regret. So have you, so you guys are doing much more grassroots marketing yep. and stuff totally. like that. Yeah, Social I, media I love that. and um, just a little bit of direct email. But, um, you know, we really want the brand to rebuild in a way that feels um, as organic as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's so important these days. Um, yeah. You know, just, just especially with all the articles that are out there even, you know, that anybody can see, you know, about all the, the paid um, influencers right. and, you know, hey, we'll pay you $50,000 to wear our dress, you know. Yes, right. And um, it just doesn't and that, seem that interesting anymore. It, right, or that real you know, because mm-hmm. you know they're being paid to wear it. It wasn't that they, you know, picked it up mm-hmm. themselves somewhere. Right. Or, um, so, it, so it's a very different feel. I just, you know, I just feel like today with, you know, so much information coming at everybody all the time that it's refreshing to hear that you guys are taking that grassroots approach. I mean, totally. when, I, when I had my own product lines, it was so long ago that there really wasn't any internet. So it, I was always <laughs> grassroots, you know, and it, and it served me well, you know. People are exactly. like, you mean you had to call everybody? And I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, pick up the phone. Buyers didn't even really have email for so many years, you know. Um, and it, it's so different now, you know, because you can, with the push of a button, reach, you know, a gazillion people or however many people are on your list. Totally. Um, yeah, well, so talk a little bit more about social media and what you guys do uh-huh. with that. I, I mean, um, I've always been kind of <laughs> organically linked to social media for whatever reason. Um, it's probably because I talk too much, but uh, it's always something that I felt like I was an early adopter at, you know, Friendster and MySpace. And I was always, you know, mm-hmm. doing all those things. And Twitter, when it first um, launched, 
Uh, and I knew that <clears throat> part of building up the personality of the brand and a great way to showcase the archive and um, reveal things from behind the scenes, um, particularly with Bill Bloss, um, as we kind of shoved off from shore, uh, mm -hmm. was through Instagram in particular, <clears throat> because it's so visual and, um, and there is such a rich kind of photographic um, and visual history to the brand. And it was a great way that we could um, create kind of an omni-media experience with e-commerce and behind the scenes and um, because we were launching directly with um, uh, e-commerce that everything was somewhat insular and insulated. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. In any case, it's you know, continued to be great and, um, and also a huge learning curve to kind of understand all of the back-end analytics of um, uh, not just social media, but e-commerce in general, and kind of how the industry has changed in that way. Um, I think those that have the knowledge of um, e-commerce and digital marketing are really the key holders to retail moving forward. And um, and so I, you know, I always encourage everyone to um, learn as much as they can. You know, even as young designers about. Um, you know, what, what is Google advertising? How do AdWords work? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of how to decipher all of that so that um, you can be an asset in that, in that way versus just like, you know, someone who punches numbers or, um, you know, can sketch well. It's really about, it's, it's much more um, all-encompassing now, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's also interesting um, it must be, or I'm saying it must be interesting for you guys because, you know, a lot of the, you know, millennials that might be buying your line, you know, never heard of Bill Blast. <laughs> you know, yes, and they, that's right. their, their parents were probably born in the 70s, <laughs> you know, and, um, and weren't, weren't wearing it either. So it's, it, do you find that a challenge? I mean, or, or not a challenge in a bad way, but I mean, I in mean, a good way to kind of educate people on the iconic you From, know, brand. You do lots of research, obviously, when you're launching a brand. You, you, know, you participate in lots of polls, and you have all these sorts of questions. But um, for Consumer Insights, <clears throat> the interesting thing that, um, that I found with our, um, with our kind of target customer profile was that everyone knows Bill Blass. Like the name recognition mm. is really huge. Even if they, you know, as a younger millennial, for example, if you're not familiar, you don't have kind of a visual or, you know, a clear picture in your mind of who Mr. Blass was or what the aesthetic was, like right. somehow you know the name and you know that it represents something like American and cool. Mm. Um, right. <laughs> so that was kind of... Um, uh, very clear that everybody um, mm, had a great deal of name recognition. But um, the interesting flip side of that was they specifically did not want to learn about the history of the brand, Mr. Blast. They didn't want to look at old clothes, you know, <laughs> nothing old, no old ideas. Like no, they wanted great, fantastic new product, and they loved the name. So um, for me mm. that was really exciting because it also, um, you know, I interpreted that as, 
that I could kind of leave the history of the brand where it is, which is in the past, and, right. um, yeah. and take in a the huge closet. leap forward. Um, right. You know, because the name already evokes um, a certain sensibility, and then we just have to kind of fit that puzzle piece into what we're doing. Oh, that's so interesting. I never would have thought that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that people, I guess, you know, maybe if they're, you know, if they're fashion in, you know, fashionably inclined, yeah. um, that, that they've done, that, they, that the name is, is big enough now, it's today still, that it, that it would be not something they needed to be educated about or exactly. want to be educated about. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's next for you guys? Where, what's your kind of overall big plan you know, since you are doing the slow grow, which yeah. I love. Um, um, well, like what, I said, what are you guys up to? We're continuing to be um, super flexible with the product mix. Right now, shoes is like the, by far and away our biggest focus. Um, and that's really exciting. I get to travel a lot for that um, and go to our factories all around the world um, and, you know, really be boots on the ground with developing the product, which um, is somewhat unique to um, to our company and that we're still, you know, relatively small and um, not a lot of creative directors are in factories in, mm-hmm. you know, in China, right? like cobbling together um, shoes and everything. Yeah. So um, <laughs> for me, it's really fun and I love doing that part of it. Um, yeah. And then we just continue to make, you know, really special pieces and we kind of have this ongoing um, calendar of development and we're not um, handicapped in a way by the seasons. It's really about, you know, we find a new technique, we find a new material or, um, you know, and we just continue to um, push things through the development um, cycle and, um, you know, it's very, I feel like I'm very California for some reason <laughs> in my explanation of that. It's a, it is very rigid and we do have like fantastic um, calendars and I'm a Virgo so everything's um, Me too. fully organized. Yeah. But um, yeah. the party lines is that we're just, you know, we're continuing to develop things and, um, and, and that's the really exciting part is that there's not this mad scramble to, um, you know, crank it out. By, like no holds, holds barred, like get, 75 looks onto the runway by a certain date. Right. And do you guys, I know you do your shoes and stuff overseas, but do you do the clothing overseas or do you yep. do all, that? All around the world. Everything. Yeah, Morocco, Turkey, um, China, Portugal, it's, yeah, all over. <laughs> um, you do have a lot of fun travel places to yeah. go. Um, <laughs> and, and do you find that, that by so it doesn't sound like you're hindered at all by manufacturing overseas. Like if you guys find some cool fabric and you're like, oh, we want to get this out. Yeah. Um, that you, and that sometimes you can, the fabric that you comes have... from you know Korea and it's going to a factory in Turkey, or right. you know the leather is originating in Turkey, but it's going to a factory in China. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of. We like to work with like the best kind of small vendors and factories and and Mm -hmm. that's a whole matrix unto itself kind of partnering raw materials with um kind of skilled craft crafts people because oftentimes it doesn't all come from the same place of course yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, it sounds fun. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time so and welcome. for sharing some insight into Bill Blast. And I just love the whole quirky, whimsical aspect of thank the business. You. So I wish you guys the best of luck. And uh, I'll check in with you again in six months or a year, and we'll, we'll talk again. So great. Can't wait. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to A Street Smart MBA with Sarah Shaw. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episodes anytime, anywhere. And we'll see you on the next one.